Hey, what's up, guys? This is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. the Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. a pimp named Slipback. I'm kidding. A.k.a. it was written by Nas, not me. And uh, we got a special guest today. Would you like to say your name? Chong Kim. Well, hello, Miss Chong Kim. How are you doing today? I am excellent. How are you? Well, um, I'm doing fantastic, um, indubitably. Um, definitely. Okay, I sound so terrible trying to trying to sound like you know. <laughs> I, I sound like Ti being like expeditiously, um, expeditiously. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna need to get my words right expeditiously. We're just like exactly. Like, are you reading a dictionary? <laughs> exactly. Or you can use your own e- ebonics. My friends call them kimbonics. <laughs> kimbonics coming soon. I, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the New York's bestseller. <laughs> so, well. Uh, so, Miss Miss Kim, tell, uh, tell the people about yourself a little bit. Who are you? Where are you from? Like, give us a little bit of a story here. Okay, my name is Chong Kim, and I am actually a survivor of human trafficking here in the United States back in 1994 through 1996. After the day-to-day abuse, I decided the only option I had was to rank up as a madam. And that means a female pimp. And from that point on, that's how I had to strategize my escape from my traffickers. Now, my traffickers, I will tell you this much, I was never trafficked by street pimp. I didn't know anything about street pimps. My traffickers were Albanian, Russian, Korean, Japanese, basically the whole mecca of the organized crime. And we were uh, sent into... uh, to storage units on Indian Reservation. My story became an inspiration for a film called Eden with Bo Bridges and Jamie Chung. It was released out in 2012. It's available now on YouTube and also on demand in various different cable networks. It's called Eden. And you can also um, check out my book. It's called Broken Silence. And I'm actually sharing in my book all the struggles I went through, especially about the Asian hype. There's this hype that people think that all Asians stick together, all Asians are smart, and all Asians are obedient and the model minority. And I'm here to break all that hype because as long as you stay quiet to what their demise is, then they will stick by your side. But if there's any injustice going on in our own culture, then guess what? You're basically shut out. And so that's why the book is called Broken Silence, because I'm breaking every silence from every, you know, um, every every stereotype, every aspect that people expect out of, you know, Asian women. And, um, And so I'm sharing it raw, honest, and saying, look, I don't want to be your Asian fetish and to let people know that, you know, human trafficking is also 
a pyramid of racism. It's basically a candy store for humans. And it's really sad and very disgusting. However, what I love to do, I love poetry, I love spoken word, and I love comedy. And one of the things I started to learn is that many comedians have actually went through a lot of abuse. And so they turn around and they start telling jokes while sharing their story. And that's what I like to do. I like to share people my story, what I went through. And I like to make people laugh because it's such an intense topic. And, um, and with that, I've been doing speaking for 15 years. I've been on Montel, CNN, BBC, Huffington Post Live, I mean, and so much more. And on top of that, <clears throat> I'm also working on a scripted series about human trafficking called Every 40 Seconds. And it's actually about a female survivor that teaches the FBI how to think like a trafficker. And I actually have Kalila Harris, who is former Miss Black America. She's playing the lead role. She's also a very dear friend of mine. And um, I've written up to 80 episodes, basically eight seasons. And it's a scripted procedural show, like a crime show. Wow. And, um, and right now we're currently pitching it to Netflix and different networks. Um, so that way we can bring awareness on a bigger platform. And on top of that, the TV series, when we make profit, certain percentage will go back into ministries, organizations, and between the seasons, when the audience is waiting for the next season to come out, in between the seasons, I plan to have a speaking platform, bringing our cast and crew, law enforcement, activists, ministries, community, to come and speak on the panel. So that way we can really re-educate what human trafficking is about. I am just going to say that, wow, you are a pretty big deal here. Good grief. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I just, I have my little podcast here um, from the wholesome Midwest. And then there's you with 80 episodes that you wrote a yes. book. CNN, BBC, Huffington <laughs> Post Live. I feel so small all of a sudden. Don't I'm feel small. I'm actually, I'm actually honored. I'm actually honored and humbled to be on your show. And one of the things I always tell people, I'd rather go with the... To me, I feel like your radio show is kind of like that the home family restaurant that still gives that that um, proper etiquette, that human aspect. You don't treat me like a number. And that's what I like. And I and it's funny that, you know, you said that you felt so small. There's a diner that I go to. I don't go to IHOP. I don't go to Waffle House because they treat me like a number. And so I always go to this one diner and this lady, she tells me, she said, I see you here all the time. And I said, yes, because I love how you're smiling at me. You're always asking me if I need more coffee. You're asking me, how am I doing? Well, I don't feel like a number. And I think that's one of the treasures that I love about your show. Because you're in that kind where you still bring that human aspect. 
you're not I kid you not, when I go on these big shows, I don't feel authentic. And it's not to put these, you know, networks down or anything, but I'll give you an example. When I did a um, a show on CNBC, they said, and here we have today is Chong Kim. And she is a victim of human trafficking. And I'm like, really? You need to go all out like that? You know? Jeez Louise. Yes. I that was a terrible know. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then when I was in the UK, it was so funny because they would say things like, so we have Chong Kim here today, and she has been enslaved in America. So Chong, do tell us your story. And Walter's <laughs> smiling. I'm like, well, thank what? you for, for you know, sharing the enlightenment of my enslavement. <laughs> Jesus. So, yes. Yes. It's like, well, hello guys. Um, we have a special guest today. Um, she is um a astounding woman with a good sense of humor. <laughs> very funny, always smiling. Absolutely. And um a very inspirational woman. Chong Kim. That's how you do it. Exactly. Exactly. I like to feel comfortable. I like to feel the presence that we're both sitting on a couch, you know, just, you know, chopping it up, having a great conversation. I think that to me feels real. Yeah. Like you are not just some lady who got sex traffic. There's more to your story. I'm not going to sit here and just slap (laughs) a label on you. You don't deserve that. Not after what you have been through. I'm not going to put a label on you. If anything, all I see is greatness. That's the oh, label. If I had to put a label on it, greatness. I actually have a hashtag that's called Overcomer Trendsetter. Because I am setting the trend. <laughs> you sure are, girl. This Absolutely. Is... Oh, man. Okay. I'm going to keep it real right now. I've been fanning out on her ever since we started talking. We, got, we had dialogue <laughs> yesterday, okay? So, like, we had some dialogue yesterday. She, um, she kind of gave me, you know, a little bit about her story. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna I I might sound like a punk here, but I did cry. Aww. I cried a little bit. I I just I felt so bad, like when I was reading the story that you sent yes. me on like just a little bit about you. Cause like I I couldn't imagine, you know, being a young woman going through all that. Cause I'm a man. Like that's something mm-hmm. I really like, don't get me wrong, I know there are men that get put in that situation too, but like for me, I'm this big burly dude who the last thing I'm thinking about is, you know, my safety in that aspect. I got mm-hmm. sisters. Absolutely. I got sisters. And I got a lot of a lot of girls that call me big bro and everything. Like I would it would hurt me to see that happen to one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so like like I was already a fan once like we had dialogue and I I like I'm like Team Chong Kim now. Like shoot, we need to make that a shirt. Like Team Chong Kim, we need to make that a shirt, people. Exactly. We're part of the Kim we're part of the Chong Kim squad, y'all. Exactly. You know, whenever I introduce myself to people and I say Chong and they're like Chang and I said no. No, it's Chong. And they're like Chong. No, it's Cheech and Chong. Just get rid of Cheech. 
<laughs> and then people are like, oh, yeah, I get it now. Really? I had to say all that? <laughs> well, uh, Miss Kim, where are you from, by the way? Originally. I was actually born in South Korea, and I grew up in Oklahoma. I first came to Dallas, Texas, and then we moved out to Oklahoma in the dirt redneck. And so every now and then I'll say a joke and say, yep, I'm an Asian redneck. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's that's a big transition, girl. Like, for real, like you in South Korea. Okay, because South Korea, right? Like, yes. Like, okay, you think South Korea, you're thinking like technology, you're thinking of like, uh, like just like the industries they have over there. And then you go all the way up to Midwest Oklahoma. That's a big yep. switch. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. well, the so, thing I mean, was, I was yeah. born with a disability. in Korea I was born four pounds and the doctor actually told my parents to leave me behind because they were actually going to kill me and my dad looked at the doctor and he said what are you going to do and the doctor told him you need to go make another baby because we're going to discard her because in Korea they actually do not embrace disabled babies so my uncle yes so my uncle he was actually in the United States. He lived in Dallas, Texas. And do you remember, did you ever see the show called Dallas with J.R. Yes. Ewing? What? My uh, uncle yeah. reminded me so much of J.R., except he was a nice guy. <laughs> and so right. my uncle, he would tell the doctors, he said, you better tell them to step away from my little niece or they're going to have a Texas boot up their butt. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Uncle was not playing. (laughs) No, he he wasn't. And so what was funny was um, he was the one who actually brought me into the United States. That's awesome. Yes. How old were you when you were brought here? I was probably close to a year year old. That's why I don't know anything about well, I mean, and I actually hmm? wrote a, um, I actually wrote a poem about my name. <laughs> I'm actually trying to find it as we're speaking because I wanted to share it with you guys. Please, uh, we would love to hear it. This show is open for everything. It's why it's anything on the menu, anything on the table. Delivery, bros. Absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was, that was so corny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like the corniest podcast host ever. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> like on this show, um, you will note that um, I have a corny sense of humor. Sometimes it's a little off kilter. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> and I also write poetry. Yes. And I've also. There's a poem I actually want to share also, and it's called Ignorance is Bliss. Please. I'm trying to find the other one, the one with my name. She's searching in. She's digging in the crates. Yes. (laughs) 
He's about to bring that that hot sauce to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. She got the hot sauce in her bag. <laughs> yeah, so this is one awesome. of my poems. It's called Ignorance is Bliss. <clears throat> you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. As I walk in the door, I can feel the eyes sizing me up. I walk in with a limp. Immediately, I'm discriminated by the whispers of talk, moving away from my presence as if you have the right to cast me aside. I do not hold no trophies or or was handed expensive bread to fulfill an empire, yet everything I earned, I started from scratch. You see, I was a high school dropout, not because I wanted to be. After constant bullying and racial discrimination, my mind said, no more. I didn't realize running away came with a price tag. As long as I fell in the system, my name would later transfer to the human trade, exploiters eagerly waiting to rape my soul away, breaking me down to where my mind would lead me into a pathos of insanity, all shattered pieces on the ground. Came to America to find my way out of poverty. Land of the free is the sign given to thee, but how many slaves must suffer from lies like these? The government promises justice. <clears throat> Are they so blind or maybe just plain ignorant on their part? We know corruption is what makes the market go round and round. The economy is crashing. Blame is cast on both political sides. Yet we are still undiscerning to what we want to believe. A sea of naive children relying on the media to educate their perception. Yet so many find fascinating what we are taught. The only way to get to the top is desperation. While Satan awaits on the other end, don't you see the ultimate cause of this atrocity? Is that our children are basically crying out, I need you with me. So many films exploit and glamorize the pornography of our while we watch films of sorcery and magic to take us to Neverland, keep us in a bubble. We don't want to hear the truth. And while we're in it, where have our children disappeared to? I'm called constantly by the people in power to help them educate the public so they receive the credit while my name becomes invisible. I get a tissue and a simple thank you with no insincerity in sight. My words have become their stats, yet it's tweaked to their likings. Many of us who share our names are always ignored, just like the slaves who built the White House of America. Are their names ever memorialized? No. I never went to college, but my experience taught me things you will never find in any institution. I couldn't find my way through high school geography, but my hustling navigation taught me the exact points, sellers, and buyers. I wasn't a mathematician. Oops, I felt that in the stereotype of Asian American. But I learned how to hustle my way through poverty pimping. When I became the bottom bitch of Uncle Sam, I got my education in political science. When I met my trick, who happens to represent a representation of a state I once lived in. After being the puppet for a show he paid for, I learned there was a way to get rid of the score. And last but not least, economy is what I learned more about this trade. You can do you can't do any of the above if you have no concept of the world economy in your hands. From trade to distribution to money laundering and racketeering, from drugs to human exploitation. All that for no education. So if you think being power equals to intelligence, think again before you head down that path. Wow. Yep, I wrote that. Um, it's official, guys. I heart Kim Chong. 
or Absolutely. Chong Kim. <laughs> Chong Kim. I can't even speak English right. I even I I hard Chong Kim. Chong Kim for life. Thank you. That I loved it. Thank uh, you. You I mean, when did you write that? I actually wrote that back in 2012. <clears throat> well, I think people need to hear that. And I have another poem I want to share real quick. Please. It's called Keep Next. Keep it common. Absolutely. It's called Next. I spoke unapologetically to those tuning in at the after-party radio show, sharing laughter and jokes. Then we discussed the Me Too. I shared my experience being trafficked. Unbelievable. It's not you that was taken. A film that brought the subject to the surface. Still many believe the stranger danger. One of the hosts asked me how a trafficker would groom her kid. My response, if I was a trafficker, I'd groom you first. Remember, predators, remember, predators need your permission to have your child. Many are, una- many are unaware that you just handed them on a silver platter. Listen up and quit the stupid hype. Pay attention. The person you invite may be the predator in your living room. Now. Take a moment to swallow that last statement in your mind. Rewind your memory of all the court media, the gymnasts, the teachers, caretakers, who were all trusted by parents, now indicted for a sexual assault. So, what's your next move? Mm. It's true. You know? It's true. Man. People think that trafficking comes from stranger danger. A majority of the time, even groomers will start becoming your friend. They'll chop it up with you. They'll be your good friends and everything. And next thing you know, your kid's gone. How did that happen? Mm. People don't understand that. It could be right under your nose and you never knew it. Exactly. And whenever I get parents... Especially when I get parents that says, oh, I don't let my kid out. I don't let my kid do this. The thing is, you can't hold your kid hostage. You have to talk to them. Because if you tell your teenage daughter who's 13 and all her peers in school all got an iPhone, they're all on Snapchat and YouTube, and your daughter's the only one that doesn't have it, guess what? And you don't explain to her. And you don't train her and you don't equip her to understand why you fear this, then guess what? A perpetrator can come in and sweet talk her way into getting a burner phone that you did not know. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. I mean, in the age we live in, Instead of keeping your kid ignorant or just being ignorant in general in the society yep. we live in, you got to keep informed. You got to be aware. Absolutely. This is a real thing that is still going on, affecting a lot of young men and women's lives that they weren't exposed to the world like they needed to be. I'm not saying we need to like drop a bomb on their like psyche or anything like that but at the same time you got to be real with your children children are smarter than you think if you don't tell them 
Exactly. And you don't treat <laughs> you don't tell them about what the world really is for a perspective yep. to keep them safe. So they have the instinct to know what is right and what is wrong. Yep. How how are they ever gonna live? Exactly. Those, that's your future. Exactly. I've and I even had parents that tell me, Well, I'm not gonna let her date or I'm not gonna let her well, how is she going to learn what is unhealthy relationship? How is she yes. going to learn boundaries? How is she going to learn on her own how to protect herself when mommy and daddy is not near them? Because you can't be them twenty four be with them twenty four seven. No, you can't. <clears throat> That that's the thing. Like eventually, they're gonna get older. They're gonna go to college and do experiences, yep. or maybe they decide to work a trade. Who knows? Exactly. They're gonna. They depend on you to water their seed so they can grow. Absolutely, absolutely. And I want people to know that um, you know if they follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, it's at I am Chong Kim. If they follow me on all of those platforms, every Sunday, I'm always posting videos of me talking about grooming, protecting your kids through cybercrime, how to how to find a predator online. And nowadays, I'm getting parents that tell me, I don't know how to do Snapchat. I don't know how to do some of these apps. I'm going to do a video that will teach you how to navigate through Snapchat. So the parents got to be more aware about social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the number one problem I keep hearing from parents when they call me and they say, my daughter's missing. And the first question I ask them, do they have social media? And the parents are like, nope. Yes, they do. And I end up finding them. And then the parents are shocked. Guess what, parents? Your children are blocking you so you can't find them. Yeah. In most cases, that's what happens. I mean, these kids, they got access to the internet. They got a social media site. Yep. There's always a way. Whether it's in the palm of our hand, the computer lab at school, it don't matter. Yep. And especially if all they need is a library card to get to the main library, too. Facts. They can say, Mom, I'm going to go out and study. And guess what? They're chatting up with this predator that you probably didn't know. That's why you, you know? got to keep yourself aware. You can't be ignorant Absolutely. to the modern times. No matter how yeah. hard you try, you cannot shield them. But you can educate yourself and educate them. Absolutely. And that's why I always tell parents, equip your kids. That's the best protection. Equip them and communicate with them. Because you are the only wall. That can block them and a predator. But if you ignore the signs, you don't want to talk to them, you think it's too much for them to hear, I'm sorry, but fourth graders now are talking about oral sex. They think it's cool. I had a fourth grade girl that told me there's nothing wrong in giving blowjobs. I kid you not. Wow. And this was a suburban school. This isn't in the ghetto. And I asked her how she learned about that, and she said her friends showed her YouTube. That's how she learned, because she said it's not sex, because 
President Bill Clinton said it's not sex. Oh, God. Yep. Out. That's the wonderful beauty of kids. With, they don't have filters yet. No. And that's why we are the ones that have to teach them that. We are the ones that have to teach them that. I posted a post a year ago, and they they kidnapped me. They trained me to hunt your children. Now I'm here to teach you how to protect them. And I had over 200 likes. Man. Yeah. I, mean... I found that poem. <laughs> You found it? Yes, my name poem. I'll, I'll show that when we get close to closing, so that way we can at least laugh towards the end. <laughs> yeah. Now, now Ms. Chong, uh, yes. so, okay, I'm going to ask a real question here. So, okay. So, how long were you in trafficking for? Between 1994 through 1990. 596 that was when I was a victim from 1995-96 I was slowly ranking up as a madam of an elite escort service then when I ran away in 1996-97 then I did continue the life of prostitution because at the time because I wasn't born here my traffickers destroyed my papers I was naturalized as an American citizen at the age of 8 but the traffickers destroyed my naturalization papers so without those, even though I'm an American citizen, <clears throat> I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get on welfare. I couldn't get benefits. I couldn't get churches to help me. So the only way I knew how to survive was living on the street. And so in the mid-90s to late-90s, I don't know um, if anybody remember, like, the lava link, the phone chat lines. I used to call them to get Johns to pay me for companion and that's how I survived on the street and I was also you know on drugs I was on cocaine meth crack you name it and I've been 19 years clean I got myself cleaned up in the year 2000 and thank you and it was it was hard but what worked for me was not 12 steps because I felt like I was forced fully injected with narcotics so having to go to a 12-step meeting saying i had to admit it was my fault that didn't resonate with me does that make sense that I makes a lot have, of sense that's know, usually not, not the case in most to, cases exactly and so i ended up learning about dbt it's called dialectic behavioral therapy it's like a mindset life skills and what it does it teaches you not to consume the pain to start setting up skills for yourself for coping mechanisms. I have also been off of medication for over 10 years. Now, I spend three to five minutes praying every morning. And whenever I feel anxious, I count to 10. I go back to my DBT skills to help me, you know, remind myself that I'm not a victim anymore. I'm not in that mindset anymore. I'm not in that place anymore. And so that's what keeps me going. And then I'm always surrounding myself with positive quotes, pictures, things like that. I don't like to put anything negative and I don't have time to spend, you know, time being in a negative world. And that's why I always tell people, I don't watch the news. 
because it's so negative. I don't care whose side you're on, it's always negative. The only thing I look for on the news is the weather. I just want to know, is it going to rain or shine? Mm. <laughs> but other than that, you know, I don't listen to the gossip columns or anything like that. I make sure that my energy, what I'm doing, what I give off to other people is nothing but positive. Yeah, because what you put in your brain is what you're going to get. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, like, I'm the same way. I really don't watch the news. I keep yep. myself informed, but yep. I, I do it on my own accord because you really can't just sit there and listen to an hour long of just, well, BS. Exactly. I, mean, I feel exactly. like there's... I feel like there's more things... I could be educating myself on to keep me aware. Like Absolutely. Because I feel like and I was t- I was actually talking to a guy the other day about this too. Mm-hmm. Um and we both agree like we feel like the news is um just something to make people scared of the world. Like, yep. It's like that's that's not always what the world is. There's more to it. Absolutely. There's beautiful things in the world, too. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. When I was pitching my TV series to a producer in Los Angeles, and he said to me, he said, this is a very hard topic. And he said, people are going to want to feel depressed. And he said, what is your reason to do this? And I said, I want to bring education. I want to bring awareness. And if you read the pilot and I told the producer I said did you read my pilot and he said no and I said before you start jumping on me tell me what I need to write why don't you read my pilot first because every episode ends with a scripture and I have some funny moments in there because you have to laugh when you're in the midst of this crazy world and yes. You know, one of the things I will say this much, and it's in my book as well. I remember I went to a maternity home and after, because I had to place my baby for adoption because the baby's father was one of the traffickers and I did not want the trafficker to know I was pregnant. And so I had to place my baby for adoption. And after the adoption, the the adoption, the maternity home had no idea what I went through. They had no idea that I had left as a madam. They had no idea that I had been trafficked. All they knew was that I was a um, a wedless mother and that I was giving up my baby. That was all they knew. And so after my baby was adopted out, the house mom had to take me to the DMV so I can finally get my ID. Well, when I told the officer my social security number, I had no idea that there was a warrant out for my arrest because the traffickers were trying to get me to come back. So they placed a warrant out for my arrest for prostitution. Wow. And so I remember cops grabbed a hold of me, threw me down on the ground, and the house mom, she hit the cop, and she said, she's a nice girl. And she went to know what I was being arrested for, and And the cop looked at her and said, prostitution. And I thought in that moment that I was going to get hated on. And within a matter of hours, I didn't even have my one free phone call. 
And I remember the bailiff looked at me and he said, Chong Kim. And I looked at him, he said, you're out. And I looked at him and I was like, wait, I'm out? And he said, do you want to stay in here? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And Mm -mm. so I got out and I saw her and I looked at her and I said, did you bail me out? And she said, oh, no, I didn't have the money. I had to call the church. I didn't really know this church. Mm. And so the next day I had to meet with the one of the ladies that put the bail on me. And I looked at her and I'm nothing but a prostitute and a drug addict. And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not. And I was thinking, did she read my file or not? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, I'm pretty sure that's what they said in my file. And I remember she hugged me and she said, God loves you. And I bawled my eyes out because no one ever told me that. No one ever said to me that I was worth loving. No one ever said that I was worth fighting for. The only thing I knew what love was at that time was sex, was men grabbing my hair, calling me names, spitting on me, beating on me, calling me every racial slur and every racist fetish of what an Asian woman can do for him. That, to me, was love. That is what I thought love was. And so for this church to come in and to love on me, I was just, I I didn't know what it was, but I started bawling my eyes out. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, who are these people? (laughs) Man. See, that's... I was so shocked. That's what I call a good person. That that that's that's God right there for me. Like it, absolutely, because straight up, like a lot of people like to put the labels on them being good Christians or good whatever their faith may be. Yeah, but actions speak louder than words, and obviously these ladies' action definitely stood out. You could feel it. Yes. Absolutely. One thing, Absolutely. One thing I've always known is when you you can always feel the presence of something that's genuine. Absolutely. That's um I could only imagine how you felt at that moment. Especially after Absolutely. everything you've been through. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I will say this much and and it's more thorough in the book. Even when people were good to me, I didn't trust it. I was afraid. I thought I had to owe something. So I ended up running away, not realizing that they were genuine because I didn't know what genuine meant. When anyone who was nice to me, I thought, oh, they're going to want something in return. They're going to want money or sex or something. And so I would run away from them, thinking that that was what they wanted. And it took me years and years. I did a public speaking not too long ago. And this one lady looked at me and she said, you're always smiling. And I looked at her and I was like, well, yeah, I I was in traffic yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I also told her, you know, I deserve to be happy, too. Yes. Just because I went through the trenches does not mean I don't deserve happiness. I don't deserve to smile. You know, and and that's the message I want to share with other women who's gone through pain. Don't be so angry 
and bitter that you become the very thing that you hate. Be above the influence. Be above the people that did you wrong. Yes. You know? That's the most important thing. Girl, say that for the front to the back, girl. That's Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, this is, like, why I love doing this podcast is I get to hear people's different stories and backgrounds. I mean, I can... I I just... Man. I mean, Miss Kim, you are just... this. Here's the thing. I'm always a big fan of strong, intelligent women. That's always been something I've always, you know, loved because, like, I come from that. Like, my mom... My mom was in a domestic violence home. Yep. She had to get away... She had to find the courage to get away from my dad. Yep. And, like, give us a better life. She struggled. She worked hard. I've said this multiple times on multiple podcasts, but that's how important my mother is to me because... If she hadn't done what she did, I don't know where my life would be. Absolutely. So Absolutely. when I hear when I hear stories like these, these are the ones that really matter to me. Is the fact that you came over so much adversity, you you could have gave up, you didn't, and here you are today, and you're bringing a message. To a lot of lost people, people that are lost, people who need to be um, need um, need somebody to reach out to, and here you are opening your hands, saying, "There's somebody just like you who has gone through the same things you have gone through or going through," and you're bringing a message that not only keeps people aware. But I feel like it's something that can instill in a lot of people's hearts. I, I, I'm literally like, I'm, I'm just in awe. Like, <laughs> I mean, straight up, like I'm just in awe right now. Like, Aww. <clears throat> I, 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 it's like I, I just, <sighs> man. But you know what? There's so many people that ask me, "How did you do it?" It's not a magic spell. It's not, you know, it's not luck. It's not anybody can do this. I wrote a poem on my website for people to... Did you get to visit my website? Um, I did not. I never got to link to your website. Okay. It's um, imchongkim.com. And when you, you open up the homepage, but I'm going to share this poem that I wrote that is also on my homepage. Because I want people, anyone, whether your struggle is trivial, it doesn't matter. If it's painful, it means a lot to you. But there's also hope. And so I wrote this poem when I did a speaking at a juvenile detention center for boys. And Mm. it's called Stage It. Life is not missed. Opportunity is. When you have little impatience of what's to be next, gamble your chance into hope while gossip your words into prayer. 
raise your inspirers into empowerment and stress yourself into the mindset of it's my turn. Remember, no one can do it for you. Believe that you deserve the spotlight to shine. Make every moment your only audition. No matter what may come, don't intoxicate yourself with negativity. Break up with insecurity and leave room for your ambitions. Utilize fear to guide you into different paths instead of consuming you. Be thrivers, not takers. What you have taken from someone will also be taken from you. Things were meant to be left behind. Treasures are meant for passing on, and legacy always remain. Choose what you want right now. It starts today. Indeed it does. You know, and I always tell the boys in the juvenile detention center, I told them, I said, you know, you can be anything you want to be. What you're doing on the street is the asset that God gave you. But guess what? It wasn't meant for the streets. No. And so this kid says, well, there's drug and drug abuse everywhere. And I said, then go be a pharmaceutical. If you want to be a, a pimp, go be an OBGYN. I bet you you'll see naked women every day. <laughs> mm. That's it. Want to be a hustler? Go into investment. You know, you want to make money, fast cash, do real estate. Everything you're doing on the street is what God gave you that talent, but it wasn't mixed on the street. It's like water and oil. It doesn't mix. The street is the oil. The water is what God gave you to nourish and flourish you, your talent and your assets. Hmm. And that's what I told them. I said, you can be anything you want to be. Just don't yeah. be the statistic that the system wants you to be. Be above it. Yes. You know? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Miss John Kim, will you be my friend? Absolutely, I'm already your friend, <laughs> and you'll be invited to my red carpet, so we'll have to take a selfie. <laughs> All right, we about to get lit. We gonna celebrate. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, oh, um, this is like the I I love hearing stories like this. It's it's this is near and dear to my heart. I know I'm probably repeating myself multiple times, but that's that's Not how much. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm in love with this person, this wonderful being, this wonderful human right here. She is amazing. I, I'm glad to call her a friend because we're officially friends now. Yes. Um, she's totally going to be my bestie. So, um, yeah, that's Absolutely. important. That's already been made in the announcement. So, yeah, Absolutely. we're going to get matching bracelets, all that kind of stuff. Get ready. Yay! Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm actually going to be um, I'm actually going to be consulting on a film in ATL called Muted Screams. Hmm. So I'm really excited and I also get to play a female trafficker in that movie. Oh, so you're going to be in the movie? Yes. Oh, snap. Is this the acting debut? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. I get the exclusive world premiere. Okay. Yes, and it'll be an ATL. <laughs> hey, hot Atlanta. Yes, absolutely. I and I would love to, you know, um, 
whenever I go out out on set, we can do another uh, video podcast um, interview with you. That yeah. way, I can show the audience where I'm at and things like that. And oh, I'll be definitely down. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yes. So, are you ready for this last poem? Hit me with it. I would okay. love to hear it. So it's called "What's Your Name." Hi, my name is Chang Chung Ching. Funny when you hold a blunt in your hand, Cheech and Chong rolls off your tongue. But you see me in my almond-shaped eyes, and all of a sudden you can't say my name. Why are you stuttering when you assume I speak no English? Please save your ignorance on this shelf. See, I'm an Asian redneck, born in Korea, know nothing about it. I was raised in Oklahoma. I know more about Brooks and Dunn, Toby Keith, and Johnny Cash than I do about some dong saying somewhere in South Korea. I'm just as American as the next. I stick out like a sore thumb, but I don't try to be like anybody else. I grew up with cigars and Coors Light, fishing in the pond and horseback riding at night. So save the Asian accent. You seriously look ridiculous. To save the headache for the rest of y'all, I decided to laugh at myself and call myself Cheech, the opposition of my actual name, Chong. Mm. Thank you. I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, awesome. She's the comeback queen, y'all. I'm letting y'all know this right now. <laughs> Don't be trying to roll, sir. She might hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, we were talking before the podcast. I'm letting y'all know right now. Comeback queen since she was a young kid, okay? Like, don't even try to clap at her. (laughs) You saw what she did to flip that, huh? Okay, now see, now imagine yourself trying to come, uh, come with some bad jokes to her. Oh yes, you you gonna cry? You gonna cry in the car? You gonna cry in the car like Red did in Friday? It's exactly what's gonna happen. Exactly. Oh, he gonna cry in the car. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I always love it when people come at me in stereotype. I was at a DMV to renew my license, and I shared this with Steve. This lady looked at me, and she goes, I love Chinese food. So I looked at her. I could not. And so I looked at her, and I was like, well, I don't like Chinese food. They give me the blasted gas. And everyone around her started laughing. And I said, so I brought my proper documents. So did I bring them okay? And so the lady was like, uh, yeah. And so after she took my picture and everything, and I looked at him and I said, oh, and by the way, I'm from Manchester, UK. Cheerio. And I walked out the door. <laughs> no, you didn't bring out the British accent. Yes, I did. I, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh, and you know how I get rid of bill collectors? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What do you do? I had a friend of mine. He had bill collectors calling him. And I said, who's calling you? He said, bill collectors. And I said, let me answer. He goes, no. So I answered. And they're like, hi, is Josh so-and-so there? And I said, oh, hello. I want to order two egg rolls. <gasps> uh, I want one uh, for rice. And they're like, hello? Hello, are you speaking to me? I try to order something. And then I push buttons, and my friend was laughing. And they're oh. like, I think we got the wrong number. <laughs> my gosh. And I said, uh, I have uh, my uh, credit, card, credit card. 
uh, do you want my number now? And they're like, click, hello? That's how you get rid of bill collectors. <laughs> I probably won't do the fake Asian accent, though. I'm just going to be honest. You know what? You can send them my way. You know what? <laughs> for, um, for more we'll business do a call with, um, one day. <laughs> with more business for uh, John Kim, uh, for Chong Kim, you can also um, ask her for um, getting rid of bill collectors. One ninety nine ninety nine. Absolutely. <laughs> it'll be hilarious, and it'll exactly. be worth every penny. Exactly, I can do the Asian broken English accent. I get rid of your collector right away. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, she also got <laughs> some British flair as well. Exactly. Oh, and I do have some Southern charm. So if you do call my number. I will make sure that they will not call you back, my son. <laughs> and if you need angry African, that's where I come in. Okay, first of all, what do you call me? Look at me. Look at me now. First of all, I am the captain now. You will listen to me. This Wakanda is forever. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm sorry to every we should, African we we should do a video together. Do you remember that Geico commercial? I would be Which like, one? remember the Geico commercial where that the guy he says, you know, I was driving in my car and then they have this other guy. He goes, what he's really saying is, I should do like a um, a Swahili accent. And I'll have you do a broken English accent. That'll throw people off. They'll be like, huh? <laughs> How is this possible? <laughs> Like, isn't she Asian and she has an African accent? I come from South Africa. Exactly. And hello, you know, I come from London, you know, over there in North London where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> okay, We're I'm having too much fun accent. on this radio. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I uh, love th- you too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loved. We should have our own comedy skit, you know? Girl, I, I, you know what? You're going to have to come back to the show. This is Absolutely. It's, it's official. You are definitely a guest. It's more than welcome to come on the show. I don't care. You came on like every single time I had an episode. <laughs> come on. Okay. <laughs> official guest spot. Going to exactly. Mr. Strong Kim. It's exactly. So. We should have our own show together. Chong and Anthony speaks real. <laughs> Let's speak it into existence. existence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yay. Uh, who knows? Coming soon to a, exactly. a podcast near you. Exactly. Or oh, we can do a video talk. I love video yeah. talk. I would love to do a uh, video talk next time around. I'd- Absolutely. Yeah, because um, I need to clean up my setup a little bit. It's, <laughs> that's why I haven't done video yet. <laughs> Not like, a problem. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we need to upgrade you. I'll be your Beyonce. I'll upgrade you. <laughs> well, then I'll be Jay-Z. It's your boy, Hove. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Ready, B? <laughs> yes, I am ready. <laughs> Well, I'm so any... excited. 
So, Miss Kim, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, just follow me at I am Chong Kim and all my social media platforms: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also my website www.iamchongkim.com. And please order my book. It's on my homepage. You can click on the book. And also, um, when you buy my book, certain proceeds go back to the nonprofit. So you're not only helping an overcoming trendsetter, but you're also giving back. Um, in the words of Shia LaBeouf, do it. What are you yes. waiting for? Yes. Just yes. do it. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Like, seriously, I think this is a story that will enlighten you and um, change your perspective on things. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this show is because we get to see through the seeing eye glass of other people's lives. Absolutely. And I think this is an important story for everybody to listen to and hear. Um, Absolutely. And with that, you can also find me on social media at um, Delivery Bros 816 on Instagram, Twitter. You can also find me on uh, Facebook at Delivery Bros KC, or you can follow me um, under Anthony Anthony Williams on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, and with that, Miss uh, Kim, it's been a pleasure having Absolutely. you on the show and having this dialogue with you. And, Absolutely. Um, so with that, this is Anthony Anthem, aka the Midnight Marauder. AKA Black Fabio, AKA Robert De Negro, AKA We Out of Here. Bye. Bye.